in those days after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds from the uttermost parts of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Now learn a parable of the fig tree when her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves. You know that summer is near. So you in like manner when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell. I'm after your hearts, not your heads, is a refrain often heard by college students in Dr. Mitchell's Bible classes. In his own words, his goal was to help you fall in love with the Savior, and his teachings always tended to fill your mind with the Lord Jesus Christ. He was also a pioneer radio speaker. In his day, there were no tape recorders, so he and his organist had to be at the station five evenings a week. He was heard live every weekday on radio stations in the Northwest. The Unchanging Word is an independent Bible study and not affiliated with either Central Bible Church or Multnomah University, but by the grace of God, we can still benefit from the ministry and teaching of Dr. John G. Mitchell. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. Now, as we pick up from where we left off in our last lesson, we are still in Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. And here Dr. Mitchell will be examining the words of our Lord Jesus Christ as he describes his coming again to the earth from heaven as the Son of Man in power and great glory. And then Dr. Mitchell compares and contrasts Jesus' first coming with his second coming. And he states that you can either meet the Lord as your Savior or you will meet him as your judge. So, have you met the Lord Jesus Christ yet? You can. You can just come and talk to him, let him know that you would like to meet him personally. He will meet you right where you are, just as you are. Our teacher, Dr. Mitchell, will also explain the differences between the times of the Gentiles and the fullness of the Gentiles, beginning here in Mark chapter 13, verse 24. And you're listening to The Unchanging Word, Bible broadcast. Good day, friends. Again, we come to you with joy and with delight. Looking forward to your fellowship in the gospel and for us to sit together and just discuss, share together this wonderful, wonderful Word of God. I wish indeed God's people were more given over to this question of opening up their hearts and their minds concerning the Scriptures. And it is not enough for us to have an intellectual persuasion of truth. The truth must live in us. The world will never see the very life and character of our Savior apart from his people. And you remember as Paul could write, it's God who worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. 
and as we yield ourselves to the Saviour, all that we are and all that we have, then he's free to manifest himself to the world. And my friend, it's transformed lives that God uses to open the eyes oftentimes of those who are dead in trespasses and sins. And the word of God, the entrance of the word of God giveth light. So you have this wonderful combination, the ministry, the reading, the communicating of the word of God to others in the power of the Spirit of God. And he uses not angels, not the great, he uses redeemed sinners like you and me. Wonderful thing, isn't it? And then the blessed hope that we have of one of these days seeing him and being transformed and being made like our precious Savior. Now we're in the, we're in the, 14th, the 13th chapter of the Gospel through Mark and we're dealing with this prophetical picture or should I say the predictions of the Lord Jesus concerning his return. Things that would happen down through the age, how the age would end, and of his return and how he would come. Uh, I'm just repeating these things. We have them in Matthew chapter 24 and 25. We have it in Luke's Gospel, chapter 21. This is the Olivet Discourse. Uh, In Luke's Gospel, in chapter 17, there's a reference made as to the condition of the end time, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot, and so on. Now, we're in the... the 13th chapter of the book of, of Mark. Now, I would like to read from verse 24, from verse 24. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of the heaven. Now learn a parable of the fig tree when her branches yet tend and putteth forth her leaves. You know that summer is near. So ye in like manner, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Now we're dealing with the, with the return of our Savior back to the earth. We've already had in our preceding lessons the, uh, the things that pertain to this age. And then he, he predicts the great tribulation period which we'll no longer go into at this time. And then after the tribulation, the sun is going to be darkened and so on. Now from verses 24 to 31, we have his return to the earth. And in verse 24 and 25, we have there are going to be signs in the heavens. We mentioned this in our last lesson. And for those of you who didn't get it, may I just suggest you again read Matthew 24, 29 to 30. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, especially verses 30 to 31. And we have it here in verses 24 and 25. Sun darkened, the moon not giving a light, the stars of heaven falling, the powers of the that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then verse 26, how the Lord Jesus is going to come. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power 
and glory. And this is where we were ending our last lesson. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. You see, this is a fulfilling of the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. And by the way, you ought to read that chapter, the seventh chapter of Daniel. It's a marvelous chapter concerning the end time. And the Lord's going to come in the clouds of heaven. You remember in Matthew 26, uh, 64, you have it also in Mark 14, 62, uh, where the high priest rent his garments when Jesus said, you'll see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. And this is when he rent his clothes and cried out blasphemy. In the book of Revelation, chapter 1, 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also who pierced him. And all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. This is not his coming for the church. This is his coming to the earth in his majesty, in his power, going to come to reign. You remember in Acts chapter 1, verses 9 to 11, where the angel said to the disciples, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, whom you've seen taken up into heaven, he was caught up in the clouds, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Remember, he came the first time in humiliation. He's going to come the next time in power. He came the first time as a babe born in a manger. He's going to come the next time with the very armies of heaven. When he came the first time, he was spit upon and rejected. When he comes the next time, he's going to rule. He's going to judge. No wonder Revelation 6 says, they're going to cry for the rocks and the mountains to hide them from the face of him that cometh in his wrath. The wrath of the Lamb. Tell you, my friend, it's a terrific thing when you think of it. He came the first time and was worshipped by shepherds. When he comes the next time, he's going to come in the blazing of his glory with the heavenly hosts. came the first time and went to a cross. When he comes the next time, he's going to be on the throne. I want to tell you, my friends, it's going to be a great difference. When the Savior came the first time, he was despised and rejected of men. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, and so on. Wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and so on. When he comes the next time, he's going to come as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Believe me, my friend, again, repeat what I've said so often. This world today is, is needing a righteous dictator. Now mark what I said, a righteous dictator. And there's only one who can qualify for that, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank God the day's not far hence when he's going to come, going to come in the clouds of heaven. And I'm telling you, friends, it's going to be a terrible thing for the world when they face him as judge. Thank God we're living in the day of grace when we can receive him as our Savior. Everyone must meet the Savior. He's either, you either meet him as your Savior or you face him as your judge. And he's going to judge righteously. 
And do you remember the angelic host says, Righteous, O Lord, are thy judgments in the earth. And this world will never know peace. It will never know righteousness. It will never know equity until the Lord Jesus comes. He whose right it is to reign. And when he comes, is he going to put down all, all unrighteousness, all evil, all lawlessness and rebellion. This is going to be a time there'll be no wars. They'll beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will learn war no more. He will reign. No wonder John could say at the end of Revelation 22, even so come, Lord Jesus. He's the only answer to all our problems here, whether it's national or international. He, is the, he has the answer. No one else does. I want you to think about that. And then in verses 27 to 29, when he comes, he's going to gather Israel. And then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds from the uttermost parts of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Now learn a parable of the fig tree when her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves. You know that summer is near. So you, in like manner, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. And yeah, I believe as the regathering of Israel, he's going to gather them from the north and from the south. You remember the 43rd of Isaiah? I will say to the north, give up. I will say to the south, hold not back. Bring my sons from afar. God's going to gather Israel. In fact, in Luke 21, 28 to 31, you have the same thought before us. You remember when, he, uh, when you see... Um, the fig tree and the other trees put forth their leaves. You know that summer is nigh. And how, how God's people these last days, those who are Bible students, have been rejoicing in the fact of the imminency of the Lord's return. Here we have, we've had something happen that we've it's never happened in, in centuries. In 70 A.D., God scattered Israel. And now they're back in their land. You ever think of it? We see the budding of the fig tree. Remember, the fig tree speaks of the remnant of Israel. The tragedy is that they're not going back with a hunger for God. They're going back in unbelief. I want to tell you, my friends, if you follow through on this question, uh, as you have it in, in Romans chapter 11, verse 26, all Israel is going to be saved. Does that mean every Jew? No, no, no. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 20, we read it's going to purge out the rebels. In fact, in the time of tribulation, it's going to be a time of purging out the rebels of Israel. In Zechariah chapter 13, reading from about verse 7 or 8 on down through, you have in that brief chapter where we read he's going to cut two-thirds of them off and bring the one-third through the fire. This is the godly remnant, the one-third brought through the fire. And God's going to say, this is my people, and they will say, Jehovah is our God. Now, one could spend time on this. I just want to mention this. 
All Israel is going to be saved. He's going to make a new covenant with them. He's going to take away their sins. He's going to restore them to the place of being God's witnesses to the nations of the earth. This is God's program for them. This is why God called them. Remember that God called Israel for three things. He called them to be the depository of the word of God. He called them that through them the Messiah should come. And he called them to be his witnesses to the nations of the earth. And in their rebellion, in their lawlessness, in their unbelief, they turned from God and God's judgment fell upon the nation. And they've been scattered through these many, many centuries and God's gathering them. God knows God's always on time. Remember that. You remember in Luke 21, 24, Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be filled full. And the times of the Gentiles run from the days of Nebuchadnezzar when he took them in Babylon, took the remnant into Babylon, and, his re- and then until his return to the earth to reign as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. This is a day of Gentile domination. When he comes the next time, I tell you, Israel will no longer be under the domination of Gentiles. Or you take that verse in Romans eleven twenty-five, where Paul says, I would not have you to be ignorant of this mystery, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, and so all Israel shall be saved. Now, the times of the Gentiles runs from Nebuchadnezzar till the return of the Lord to the earth. The fullness of the Gentiles is from the resurrection of our Savior until he returns for the church, coming for the church. That's what God is doing today, according to Acts 15, 13 to 18, where you remember Simeon had declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And after this, I will return and build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. God is doing a work today. He's gathering out individuals out of every country, irrespective of who they are or what they are or where they are. God is not dealing with nations today. He's dealing with individuals. I had a woman come to my office and she says, why doesn't your God do something with all this strife and war and suffering? I said, lady, are you sitting in judgment on God? Have you more love than God? When God begins to deal with the nations, I don't want to be down here. I want to be in glory with the Savior. No, friend, today he's dealing with individuals. He's redeeming sinners who will put their trust in him. When he comes the next time to the earth, he's going to come as judge. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 says he's going to come in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and who obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians is coming for the church. Second Thessalonians is coming with the church in judgment. And notice that. When you see the fig tree putting forth her leaves, you know that summer is near. So you in like manner, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the door. And may I just connect this? My friend, what do you see today as a Christian? 
When I think of First First Timothy chapter four, the first two verses, you remember where Paul writes, "In the latter days will be an apostasy, a departing from the truth, and men shall give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, and so on." Or you have the same thing in Second Timothy chapter four where the Lord speaks over the fact in the last days they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They will depart from the truth. And he says, from such turn away. False teachers. You have the same thing in the book of Jude, verse, verse 11, where they've gone the way of Cain. They've followed after the error of Balaam for reward and the gainsaying of Korah. What do you mean by that? Salvation without the cross without sacrifice, commercializing of divine things and the despising of the authority of the word of God. Or in 2 Timothy chapter 3, in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, blasphemers, incontinent, disobedient to parents, and so on. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. And he goes on to speak of the fact of their attitude to the Word of God. They're ignorant of the Word of God. They imitate it and they rebel against it. Believe me, my friend, we are in that period of time. Second Peter, you remember, speaks of the same thing. I'm not going to go any further except to mention this fact that false teachers in the last days, in Second Peter chapter 2, first verse, there were false prophets among the people. There shall be false teachers among you, bringing in damnable heresies, denying even the Lord that bought them. Chapter 3 of Second Peter, they denied the coming of the return of the Lord. For all things, for all things, continue as they were from the beginning. And of this they are willfully ignorant, willingly ignorant. In chapter 2, they, they denied the, the value of his first coming as a redeemer. And they deny the fact of his second coming as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We're in that day. We're in that day more than ever before. Where false teachers, false Christs have come up today, and men are giving heed to seducing spirits into the doctrines of demons. No question about it. And when you see these things, uh, says the scriptures, our Lord said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your heads. For your redemption draweth nigh. Wonderful thing. I tell you, it says right here, This generation shall not pass till all these things be done. What things? What generation? Now, it could speak of the fact of the nation Israel. The word genir could, could be translated nation. And it's true. The Jews have in all these centuries, they're still here. They're still here. They've been persecuted. They've been opposed all over the world. But they're still here. There's no nation under heaven has gone through what they've gone through through the centuries. And yet they're still here. They're a distinct people. Whether you like it or whether you don't like it, my friend, they're still here. Or it could mean that when the when you see the fig tree putting forth her leaves, that is the the restoration of the nation back to her land, you know that he's even at the door. And this generation will not pass away 
till all these things be fulfilled. The generation that came into the land. Uh, the problem there, of course, is how, how many years do you call a generation? Some say 40, some say 70, some say 120. I just leave it. I certainly wouldn't be dogmatic. There's one thing I'm sure of, that the Lord has preserved his earthly people, Israel, down through these many, many centuries. And his purpose will be accomplished. Whatever men or hell think about it, God's purpose will be accomplished. May I just close and speak to you, friends, individually when I tell you if you're not saved, we are still living in the day of grace. The Lord hasn't come as a judge. He is still the Savior of sinners. He still loves men and women. He wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And his very, his very long-suffering ought to cause you to come to the place of repentance and put your trust in the Savior and pass from death to life and belong to that group of people be his people, eternal people, his children. The Lord bless you today for his precious name's sake. He was there all the time. He was there all the time. Waiting Trust that your hearts have been blessed and encouraged through the study of God's Word. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word radio broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.